Warning, this radio show contains strong language, excessive use of alcohol and tobacco products, a whole lot of bullshit and nudity. We here at WBWalker.com are not responsible for any lewd behavior, recklessness, illegal acts, or unwanted pregnancies. Directly caused by listening to this radio show. Viewer discretion is advised. And I just want to say thank you for taking the time of your busy schedule here once again to tune in to another mighty fine, another mighty fine episode here of the Old Soul Radio Show. I told you the other night when I done that episode 161 that I wasn't going to be doing anything other than live shows for a while. But sometimes shit just gets kind of laid in your lap, you know what I mean? I was sitting in my recliner, I guess about two or three nights ago, something like that, watching TV and have my my phone laying, laying in my lap, and the phone started ringing, so Don Duncan, so Don Duncan told me that he had uh, been talking to a friend of his, old Richie Mullins, and uh, old Richie's from a band, Carmen to Burn, and Richie Mullins is also the man behind that latest uh, Mike Judge animation series, uh, Tales from the Tour Bus. Well, Richie's the one that, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of a brainchild of his, I guess you'd say. You know, he kind of thought of all this. But anyway, I Carmen to Burn coming through the V-Club, playing for the past few years and so on and so forth. Don and Richie become good friends. And me and Don, I mean, Don knows how much I think of him, and I know Don thinks the world of me. So Don and Richie was talking, and he told Richie about my podcast because he knew Richie's been working with Billy Joe Shaver. He said, you need to get Billy Joe on the Old Soul Radio Show. So, as the story is being unfolded here, me and old Richie talked, and we worked out a, a time and stuff, and just so happened it uh, was a time that I wasn't on a damn train heading to Bluefield or wherever. But I interviewed old Billy Joe Shaver today at noon, and to say it was a religious-type experience would be an understatement. I'll talk more about the interview after you hear it, but I promise you, it's something that has absolutely changed my life. And I'm not using that as, I don't want this to be you know, kind of over an over-exaggeration of the interview, but it has literally changed my life. Talking to that man, you know, all the hell and heartbreak he's been through, it really puts shit in perspective, you know. But hell, before the interview starts out, I figure I'll play you a few from old Billy Joe and we might play a few after the interview. But I figure there's nothing best to start this uh, this show out this evening other than old Billy Joe telling you all about them old five and dimers. 
So, hey, up next on the Old Soul Radio Show here. Here's our brother Billy Joe Shaver for you. With old five and dimers like me. I'm going to play you, like I said, a few songs after the songs are over. The interview turned out really great. And I've listened back to it. And the quality is, it ain't the best in the world, but it's not the worst in the world. If it is a little fuzzy for you, I listened to it through headphones earlier and it was better than listening to it through my laptop. So maybe if it's not the best in the world for you, maybe try to go that route. But like I said, it's uh, nonetheless it's pretty damn special. So hell, hope you all enjoy her. Oh. I've spent a lifetime making up my mind to be more than the measure of what I thought others could see. Good luck and fast bucks are too far and too few between. Cadillac buyers and old five and diamonds like me. She stood beside me, letting me know she would be something to lean on when everything ran out on me. Fence yards ain't whole cause And like as not never will be Reasons for rhymes And old five and diamonds like me So long now that I know I believe all that I do or say is all I ever will be. Too much ain't enough for old five and diamonds like me. Too far. Five and diamond is all I intended to be. Three fingers of whiskey, pleasures the drinking. More than the same thing for me Willie, he tells me that do us And thinkers say moving's the closest thing To being free 
He's a rosin, he's a rigging, and laid back, he's a wages, he's dead set on a ride in the big rodeos. My woman's tight with an overdue baby, Willie, he's a yelling, hey gypsy, let's go. Willie, you're wild as a Texas blue northern, ready road from the same mate.
Billy, I want to say thank you for uh, coming on the podcast here. I've been a big... Oh, man, thank you for having me. Shoot. Mm-hmm. It's an honor. Really, I appreciate, really? Really, I appreciate that. Uh, been a big fan for a long time, and uh, I tell you, it, uh, I, I, a friend of mine, Don Duncan, he's a really good friend with, with Richie Mullins, and Don called me the other night and said, I know you want to. Oh, Rich, Rich, yeah. Is, Rich yeah. is a king, man. He, yeah. he saved me. Rich saved me. He's a damn good dude. <laughs> Catching on to it. Mm-hmm. It's real weird. Uh, it's not weird. It, it, 
uh, Nashville didn't like me that much. Uh, but it's all right, you know, there's just certain people. I love Nashville, but it's just certain people there that kind of run the place, you know? Yeah. Uh, and um, if they didn't like you, they'd you'd be gone. I just left town in 84. But I'm going back, and I'm going back and, and try to straighten a few things out. It, it got away from uh, from the real stuff and got into shit, I don't know what you call it, bubblegum territory or something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, way out there somewhere, I guess they understand it, but I don't. And most people walking around, they don't understand it either. And, they, and when, I, when I do, uh, 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 it's hard to be an outlaw that ain't wanted anymore. Yeah. I get standing on bases because people are really tired of hearing stuff they don't understand. Uh, I think all these people went to college, and they're, they're using these college words and things, and and, uh, and the regular person don't understand them. You know, they ain't going to go look them up either. Uh, it's, 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 it's hard. Sometimes even sportscasters, they use these big words. I guess they try to show off to each other, but I ain't got no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. It, it, that's why it got in Nashville. It's not that bad. There's others coming up now that are that caught on to what I'm doing and what Chris is doing. And Willie, Willie uh, was the main guy that opened the door to contemporary music. I believe it. You know when he said "Hello Walls" and things like that, stuff you just wouldn't think anybody'd say. Crazy, I guess, about the best song ever written. I think that's uh, a good one, brother. You've talked about how there's some there's some cats right now that are. Or kind of following the path of people like you and, and Willie and and uh, and Chris. One fellow I was going to mention to you that I know that he opened up for you here a while back. Uh, I know he's a big fan of yours. What do you think of old Coder Wall? Oh, yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like those Canadians. They're, they're, they're out there. The, the Canadians, you know, Norm, Norm McDonald is a good friend of mine. He's a comedian, you know. Yeah. And he's a, he, he was on Saturday Night Live and all that stuff. And he's a really, real, real close friend of mine. And him and Joe Hicks and, and uh, the other guy that used to preach and scream and stuff, that comedian, I uh, can't remember his name, but, but uh, they they used to get drunk. And then they'd go and, and he said they'd go and say, way before, when I first came out with that first album, my old five and dimers, well, they would, they would go and, uh, and, and and say, well, let's go listen to The Prophet. And they would go listen to my record over and over and over and over again. I didn't know that until he told me just uh, when, I, when I first met him, really, about, oh, I guess five years ago. And we've been real close. He's, he's really a good guy. I like him. Yeah. Oh, me and Cody was talking a little bit last night, and uh, I know you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've pretty much uh, you've seen about all of it. Uh, Coder's a big Towns Van Zant. Fan. Is there any stories that you would like to share, or maybe the first time that you ever met Old Towns? Towns Van Zandt? Y- yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Well, he and I used to, well, actually, back in Houston, back in the early 60s, uh, I lived in Houston there, uh, trying to get out of Waco, <laughs> lived in Houston <laughs> there, and uh, uh, me and Towns, uh, Brenda, had a, had an apartment my wife. My first wife, one that had Eddie, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she, Brenda, she wanted a good person, but I married her three times too. But anyhow, uh, Towns and I would go to the old quarter and play, 
And I can stay up with him. Uh, I was pretty good. And, and Towns was great. He's a hero. And uh, But I wound up going to Nashville before he did. I was back in 66. I went to, to Nashville. And, but we used to run around together. And my wife hated him so much because I'd lay everything on, on Towns. Yeah. I said, this town did this, town did this, they the town made me do this. I'm kind of, you know, I was, I was rotten, you know, just like <laughs> most young guys are. Anyway, uh, Towns, she hated him so much. But then, what, then Brenda, the last time I married her, she, had, she got cancer, you know, that's why I married her, really. And then I fell back in love with her again, and everything was cool. I stayed with her the last three years of her life, right by her bed, man. Send it to God, you know. 
There you go. Okay. So he gives me the guitar and takes off with a kid out to the desert somewhere. Uh, we were right in the middle of the desert. I guess it was Arizona or somewhere. But anyhow, I can't remember shit about where we at and stuff. You know, you got to forget this or that. But anyhow, there's a bunch of songs inside his guitar case. I don't know if left in, uh, Poncho and Lefty was in there or not, but I reached in there and got them songs and I put D minus, I put F, needs work, <laughs> and, 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 and put all kinds of, uh, just every one of them. And there's about 10 or 11 of them in there. I guess there's that many, a bunch of them. And I put bad grades on all of them. I said, this needs to work. Don't send it to your mama, she'll correct it and send it back. And all kinds of stuff, real bad shit. And I, and I, I sent the guitar to to uh, to uh, to guy, and guy got mad because he said it's been a month and that guitar ain't got here yet. He said, "I think you stole his guitar." Oh, you're mad as hell at me. I said, "No, I still don't guitar." And and it finally his guitar came in about three months later. And it had stickers on it. It had been to China. It had been everywhere. been all the way around the world. <laughs> it's the strangest damn thing you've ever seen. <laughs> but they had pictures of it. I had pictures of it. You know, to show people that it's really true. And and, and, uh, and I don't know what uh, what or who he thought graded them down. <laughs> them songs. <laughs> I never told God about it. I never told... Uh, I never told uh, uh, Towns about it either. I heard that. I was like, you're, you're one of the first ones I've told about that. But it was so funny to me because I just laughed. I, <laughs> I had so much fun with him. He was, but he was, a, he was a Christian. I mean, a lot of people didn't know that. Now, a guy usually confirmed atheist, so. But uh, but I don't think so. I think he just put up in front. I don't think he, I don't think he did. It was an higher power. But. But he would always get on to me and say, let your God do it, let your God do it. No, no, sorry, no, just, okay. <laughs> so uh, that's how, that's one of the stories about the house. There's a million of them. I mean, uh, he tried to get me in his movie with that damn rabbit coming in a hole or something. I didn't do that. It's not there his house. He always had a house, though. Oh, Hartworn Highway? There's a bunch of hangers on hanging around because yeah. uh, towns always had credit cards and shit. And, don't tell him. <laughs> and I've got pictures of him and and pictures of me and him together and stuff. Uh, you know, we're good friends. Yeah. Uh, in a different way. Uh, nobody ever knew we even, we didn't press it. I don't guess they knew that we even knew each other. I don't know, though. We did. We got in a circle one time, me and him and God. Somebody else, I think it was, Gary Nicholson. Well, God four of us at a table there at the Bluebird Cafe and, and went for it, man. And, uh, and, and, and guy was giving me shit about being, about being a Christian, you know, because all my songs kind of lead in that direction, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I'm working for the Lord anyway. I really am. I'm, I'm uh, born again Christian. And, and I, of course, I'm a big sinner, you know. She don't deny it. I'm a big time sinner. But he'll forgive you seven times seventy a day. And I, and I think I pushed it, but not. That's a lot of times to forgive somebody, man, in one day. Yeah. You know, and so everything's cool. Greatest 
if nothing else, he's the greatest psychiatrist in the world. I heard that. You talk because people can get well with Jesus. If you use Jesus, I use him like a shingle, isn't it? You know, like a club. I tell you, you talking about sending that guitar and it ended up uh, going everywhere but where it was supposed to go. <laughs> That's funny, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, strange, strange things always happen to guys. Yeah. And not guys, I mean, towns. They always happen to towns. And guy was always on my ass about it because he, he knew that. We kind of liked each other, but he just trying to split us. He, he didn't try and split us. He just knew that I couldn't run with him. I couldn't run with, with Towns anymore because I'd get in trouble with my wife, you know? Yeah. And I was trying to hang in there, and I wound up marrying her three times. <laughs> and uh, the last time, though, we fell back in love, and it was good. And I, I hated it, man. Uh, uh, she had to go, but she did. She had to go. I tell you, I had this, I had this fella that uh, listens to my my radio show, and he he emailed me and said he wanted a sticker from me, and I said, well, I said I'll give you an address where to how to send some money to me, and I'll and I'll mail you one, and he he sent me this damn address, and I had never seen nothing like that in my life. I said, buddy, where are you from? He said, I'm from Australia. I said, by God, I said it's going to cost ten times more than what this damn sticker's worth just to get it to you. I said, let me talk to my, to my postmaster and see what she says. Well, mm-hmm. Billy Joe, I live in about as rural as you can get West Virginia. I'm down here in Hatfield-McCoy country. So I go to my little tiny post office. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Man, that's cool. I, I go to my post office, and it's about like a 10 by 10 building. I mean, it really is real small, little country post office. And I give her this address, and she said, I ain't never shipped nothing out of the country before. I said, well, let's see what we can do. Well, she punch, uh-huh. she punches everything up, and she sends it out, and this old guy keeps emailing me and said, I ain't got my sticker yet. And I said, well, I, said, I mailed it out to you. And it took uh-huh. it took about a month to get to him, and like you said, it had a damn sticker on it that said, Miss Sent to Canada. I meant to send it to Australia, and it fucking went to Canada. If it ever goes to Canada, it's going to China. <laughs> Russia's real close, too, you know. Yeah. It might go to Russia. All kinds of crazy stuff will happen if it goes to Canada. Because yeah. some reason or another, them Canucks, them Newfies, they always walk around with their nose up in the air because it's so damn cold up there. Because <laughs> they, they got their nose way up in there. It's not because they're stuck up. It's just they make they make Aggie jokes about them, you know. <laughs> the Newfies. And uh, it's just uh, when things get up there, they... They ship them all over the place. I don't know why. <laughs> they get a kick out of it, I guess. I don't know why. But what was, it, what was on that sticker? I got to know. It was just a, uh, I, the, the artwork I used for my radio show is a, uh, there's an old train tunnel over where I live called the Dingus Tunnel. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send a picture of it to you. Oh, you send me one? I'll pay for it. No, no. I'll tell you. Text me. Text, text me your address there, Billy Joe, and I'll send you a bunch of shit, sir. Okay. Uh, I'd love to. It'd be an honor. That'd be great, man. That'd be great. Before we hang up, I'll, I'll text you. Okay. I'll text you, okay. Uh, that's okay. Brother, that's yeah. fine with me. It'd be an honor, too. I'd love to send some stuff to your wife. Me and Willie decided the other day that we're the only ones over 70 that text. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and, and we was, uh, we was with... Uh, uh, Chris, when we said it, and Chris said, well, I'll tell you what, I ain't giving up my horse. He said, I ain't texting. <laughs> <laughs> and he won't. He won't do it. 
tell you this you talk about towns how uh how your wife didn't want you really spending a lot of time with towns i believe there's a lot of my buddies that their wives probably think the same damn thing as me because i usually end up people come out with me and hey i got a damn bar in my front yard and and i'm telling you people come over here it's hard for them to leave sometimes billy joe i'm gonna tell you i guess i'm a bad influence on them too all right brother uh, Taking up too much of your time, right? No, no, Sorry. no. I'm here all day, and it's uh, this is an absolute honor. You talk as much as you want; it means the world to me. Well, that was a great subject. <laughs> Hell yeah! I, lo- I love Guy too. Guy was just uh, uh, Guy was just a great writer, man. Jesus Christ! You know when he came to town, he came in for ballet, and and I somehow or another I met him at somebody's house or something, and well, no. Uh, because Gals, uh, Gals came in later, really, after Guy had been there a while. And uh, I, don't, I don't know where I met him at, but anyway, we became fast friends. Yeah. Actually, he came to one of my shows, and I was just playing myself because Eddie was too young then to even get into the bar. And, uh, and I, I was playing, it, and I heard a few things he, he played, and I thought, oh, my God, man, people got to hear this. So I was pretty hot because I just... Uh, uh, Honky Tonk Heroes had just come out, and I wrote all them songs on that, you know, for Waylon. Yeah. And so I was pretty sought after, you know, as a sit down in front of anybody or, or even in my main show. And I, every time I'd go to SCN or anywhere and play, a guy would come. And, and I would, I would get about three or four songs into the set. <laughs> and I would, I would say, hey, y'all gotta hear this guy, man. Credit cards and, and checks, and he said, 
and I guess he knew he was there. Yeah. Anyway, Thousand's hot, hot number. Always was. Anyway, I took on off, went on and had some fun, did all kind of crazy stuff, and come back the next day at noon to get my pay. And he said, hey, uh, he said, uh, you owe me 400 and some odd dollars. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, said Towns got up. I said, was Towns there? He said, yeah, Towns was there. He said, Towns got up and, and bought rounds on the house, uh, for the house several times on you. <laughs> and so it broke me from sucking eggs, I'll tell you that. I didn't, you know, I didn't, do, I didn't mess with guy no more. I heard that. He's on, he's on his own. <laughs> but he was good enough. He, didn't, he was making it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think he got, got pissed at me every time I asked him to come up, but. But he's so good, I, I just felt like everybody had to hear him. Yeah. And they already heard him anyway, I guess. You know, I didn't have him that much, but I thought I did. You know. You was talking, you was talking a minute ago about writing, uh, I mean, most anybody that uh, that knows her shit when it comes to country music knows, you know, that that the Honky Tonk Heroes, I mean, that's you. Uh, uh, before, I, I, I want to get you to talk about meeting Waylon, but before that, uh, the, 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 the bar, Green Gables, that... Uh, that your mother worked at. Oh, you want me to talk about Green Gables? I want to hear about oh, Green yeah. Gables. Well, I didn't meet Waylon in Green Gables. My mother was a cotton picker, and she, uh, and she, well, I got a book. Have you read my book? I ain't got to read it yet, Billy. Joe. I'm wanting to. Oh, God, it's a good one. Uh, it's, uh, uh, uh Texas, uh, University of Texas Press. And that's why I ain't been out because they got volunteers and I didn't know it when I, when I wrote that book. Everybody said, you gotta leave in Texas, leave in Texas. And I, I turned down a hundred thousand dollars from Barnes and Noble and, and went ahead and wrote it there and wound up that they didn't get much attention because, uh, about every six months, some girls would change, you know, to be volunteers. Yeah. So they didn't push my book that hard and they still haven't pushed it, but. I think they're going to make a movie out of it. Actually, the guy that wrote the script uh, for uh, uh, Crazy Heart. Oh yeah, I love that movie. I'm a big. Yeah, he told me that he wrote it. He wrote it about me. And of course, they denied it. Yeah. <laughs> they denied it, but when he got out of that truck and poured that that that, that, that empty bottle of orange juice that had tips in it, of course. When he poured that out, I, I had to leave. I said, this ain't going the right way because it looked just exactly like me. Yes. What I do and stuff, you know, it just it was terrible. I just, I figured, well, I got ripped off again. And, I, and they never went on up to it. Uh, but the script writer did. He did. He owned up to it. He said, no, I don't care about you, Billy. He said, I figured you'd be in it. I wouldn't even, I didn't even know it was gone. Uh, as a matter of fact, I called Bobby Duvall and I said, Bobby, I said, uh, they're just pushing me out. They wouldn't even let me get a song in there. Yeah. And, and he's, he, he went went back after the movie's done been made, of course, he was part of it. But he made him, made him get in a boat and go out there and fish it. And, and, and Bobby tried to sing a little forever to him. And Bobby didn't do a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> but he did good. He, he did. That's one song I got in there. Live forever. Yeah. It, it, it was, you know, he, he probably hacked it. I don't know what. You know, he, <laughs> he kind of he kind of missed the words a little bit here and there. But his wife, uh, Luciana Pedroza, she did a 
documentary on me, and it was great, but it, 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 I, I wasn't ready to do anything. I couldn't, you know, and, uh, but, but, but that song cost him, he said he paid the guy $40,000, the guy that ripped me off of my publishing, and he, and the guy that did it sent me 24 cents. Like, from that song. <laughs> yo, he didn't even give you enough to buy a damn cup of coffee. Huh? I said, he didn't even send you enough to buy a damn cup of coffee. No, he didn't. It wasn't watch it yet i'm a i'm a big fan oh. of everything mike's doing i can't wait to be able to sit down and watch it it's funny oh my god hey check every bit of that happened to him me and johnny used to run with him for a little while i couldn't run with him too long because he had a big old bottle, big old huge bottle of, of uh of black uh, those black little pills you know yeah. little, little capsules yeah and we went downtown and we would go walk by people and say open your mouth we just chunk them down the throat and we had so many um black mollies they called them yeah and and uh it was back during those days when people all everybody had the uh, fuck temple they had the the la turnaround and all that shit uh, it was all uh diet pills and it, everything was kind of up tempo songs Boy, when they busted the, uh, uh, the, the guy that, that, the doctor that did it, he had a hand with a drugstore. Yeah. He'd give you five refills, and you'd go down to the drugstore, and you'd go out, you'd go get your refill, your, your fill of the bottle, come back out, dump it in some, go back in there five times and get it filled. You'd have all them pills. Yeah. And then, and then when you needed more, you'd go to Dr. Snap was his name. And everybody would say, hey, do you write a song like that? I said, yeah, it was a snap. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when they took away that, and they, they arrested uh, Dr. Snap and, and the uh, drugstore guy, mm-hmm. they had a hand. You know, he was just walking just down there to it. Well, when, when they arrested him, put him in prison, man. Well, thing is, nobody could get anything anymore. So everybody started smoking pot. And I mean, you never heard so many ballads and waltzes and shit coming out of that town. <laughs> <laughs> I was about the only one to write a fast song like doing it on fast train and stuff like that. <laughs> Have you done my new record? Yes. Course, not, uh, yes, sir. And, I've uh, uh, long in the tooth. Yes, sir. I played uh, I played some tracks off that on my radio show a few years back. Oh, thank you so much. Because that Sunbeam special is, it, of course, all them songs really happen. That, 
Southern Special was right there in Gorse County. Just would come around that bend and that dog would chase his tail. Uh, Higginbotham's dog, you can set your watch by it. Beautiful. You, you ought to look it up and Google it. You know what they call Google? Uh, I believe and, uh, I know better. You can Google a Sunbeam Special. Actually, it's a beautiful train. It was a passenger train. People go by smoking their cigars and drinking their drinks. And <laughs> slide out through there every day at the right same time. I heard that. And, and I just had to write a song about it, so that's what happened. Right. And it's a fast one, too. Uh, Right. That's one thing I was talking to you about, uh, me being a train conductor, so country music and, oh, and trains right. go yeah. hand in hand for me, yeah, brother. That that's, right. <laughs> that's right. We, we if they get going too fast, so it's hard for me to <laughs> get all the words in there. We, I talked a minute ago about old, old Green Gables. Can you share some of the early memories of, of hanging yeah, out in that I old sure joint? Can. My mother, uh, I'm sorry, I'll get off track. But Brother, I love I'm it. I'm so excited that you called me because I haven't had a call from a radio person in a long time. But uh, hey, what happened was my mother, she said if if it's a boy, it doesn't me when I was born. She mm-hmm. if it's a boy, uh, I'm gone. And sure enough, I was a boy. And then and the next day she took off. My mother took off and went to, went to Waco and from Course Canada and left me with my grandmother. And I got raised on a, on a, a silk handkerchief that she had. She had a couple of them. So she, she put pinto beans in there and mash them up. Yeah. And I would, I would, that was my tent, you know. And and that's what I was raised on. And, and I was a mess because I caught every disease there was, man. And they couldn't nobody pick me up. All I did was cry, I guess. <laughs> I was kind of shocked speechless for about a year. But in, anyhow, I went to, my, my mother went to Waco, and Blanche Williams, the most best-looking woman I've ever seen in my whole life, even up to now. Because it's back there when they had real bosoms, you know? Oh, yeah. And, I, and, uh, and I'm there, I'm about six, seven years old. She finally warmed up to me because I looked just like my daddy. My daddy done her dirty, you know, tried to kill her and all kind of stuff like that. She did. Uh, you need to read that book. I need to send you one. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, anyhow, uh, she's worked. The one day we we're in there, and it was real hot. And uh, it was uh, it, it, Blanche. She's she was always. I was glued to her jugs, you know. That's all I cared about. And 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 she was one of them kind of people that she would marry old fellers. And they'd have one foot her on dinner pill and other than grave. And and, <laughs> and, and, and she and she'd come up with these rings all <coughs> on all her fingers. I mean and she had a car lot too. She put the car in the car lot when they died. And she I don't know how many men she went through, but but we we're, we're all there one day and it was really, really hot. I mean, dangerously hot, it was August. And the car lot was gravel. And she said Tyson's told him my mom, she said, Tyson, there's gonna be a Russian drive up here in a minute. And he don't have a he don't have a, a bunch of money and a new car and all that stuff and he's gonna be an older gentleman and I'm gonna mail his ass to the wall. And we waited, 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 because I believe every word she said. And I'm still looking at her, you know, the top, she had so many rings on, you couldn't miss them and you might have had them on her toes, but I'd never get down that way. But, <laughs> She, uh, when along here comes this guy, kind of slid in there, 
he got out of the car, and he's, he's, I'm trying to tell you exactly how it happened, but he got out of the car, it was a four-door a Cadillac, baby blue, I remember, and uh, he got out and had one of these hats on, you know, uh, uh, that had hooks in it. Yeah. I got a name for it, but I don't know. It on the radio, I would not say it. Uh, but, you, can say, you can say uh, what you, you want here, brother. But he had these fish hooks and stuff in it, and he wiped his brow, he was real sweating, and he staggering around, and he didn't look like he knew who he was or where he was going, but he, but he finally come in the door. And sure enough, uh, Blanche nailed him. Two weeks there was a wedding, and in about a month and a half there was a funeral. And and uh, from old range and stuff, one of our fingers and uh, all that stuff. And I'm a kid. I'm down there looking at spit tunes and, and all that kind of thing at the bar under the bar and a dance skill. And I kind of got raised up in the place. And I'd come in there when I was even 15 and I could get in free. You know, get in and they'd let me in because uh, I didn't look that much older, but they'd act like I was. And, and, uh, and that's kind of... Exactly where uh, Honky Tonky Hooks came from. I heard that. Uh, can you tell the story about how you uh, got Waylon to listen to your music? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell you that. That's, that was a mix up because uh, actually uh, Sharon Rucker uh, was lived up there in Nashville and I always liked her and I liked her sister and all that. And I've been there in Nashville for quite some time. And, um, uh, since 66, I came to Nashville. And, uh, and Sharon wanted to go to the 4th of July picnic, the first one, not the one Willie had, but Willie was on it. And might have had a lot to do with putting it together, but somebody else took credit for it. It was called the Beverly Springs Reunion. And it was on the 4th of July. Yeah. And she wanted me to ride with her, because I'm pretty harmless, you know. She wanted me to ride with her. And because she's scared to go all that distance by herself. She had a good car. So I rode with her and drove some, and, and it was all right. When we got there, of course, she, she dumped me and, and went on. And, uh, and, and I went to walking everywhere I'd go. And, and I wound up out there at the, at the thing in a little bitty peanut trailer. And uh, Waylon and a friend, a friend of mine, I don't know why, he, well, Waylon... Well, it come busting out of the back because they, they was sending the guitar all playing a song or two. And yeah. finally got around to me. And, and I just wanted to do one and get out of there. And I, I started doing, I, I did Willie the Wandering Gypsy to me. And uh, I just read it too. Well, you know, I'd had it for quite a while, but yeah. nobody ever heard it. And, and all it was commotion. Bam, here comes, here comes Waylon and uh, Billy Ray uh, Reynolds. I found out that was Billy Ray. I didn't think it was him for a while because somebody was, said he had some bad shit. I mean, but that's not true. He's a friend of mine. Uh, but anyhow, uh, they come out and Waylon said, whose song is that? And I said, well, it's mine. And he said, well, uh, I'll do that song. I said, really? I said, yeah, I'll let you. And he assumed that I lived there because I've been working ranches and stuff. And I, of course, I always wear my cowboy stuff. I always wanted to be a cowboy. I wound up being one. But I, wanted, I looked like somebody just walked in, real dusty and everything. And, and he 
he took it that I would live there or something. He said, come up to Nashville. And I'd already been to Nashville. I, I signed with Bobby Bear in 68 or 67, something like that. And, uh, and I'd already been there, but I didn't want to break up his dream. So, so, so he thought he'd discovered somebody. And he said, well, come on up there. And uh, I said, well, he said, I'll do a whole album of your songs. And I believed him. You know, uh, he said, you got any more cowboy songs? I said, yeah, I got, I've got a, a sack full of them. And I did. I had a little grocery sack I always carried around with me. And it's full of these songs. And so I wound up going to Nashville. And I got up there and I chased him around for six months, man. And I couldn't catch him. And I'm still over there writing for Bear. Bear, he's getting upset about it because he's paying me 50 bucks a week. And, and I get, I had to, I lived in his apartment. Not his apartment, but I lived in his, uh, in his, uh, office. It was like a little apartment for me, though. It was just one room. But I had a number three washed up and I'd take one of my horse baths, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I was all right. I was cooking and, and everything. And I finally bought an old truck. But, uh, Here's the thing, I, I had this old truck when I, when I, when I met Bear. Oh God, I, I don't need to get into that, that's too long a story, but I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I finally, I, I decided, well, I'm going back to Waco and try to make some money so I can come back up. You know, because I washed dishes and stuff. I washed dishes at a place called uh, uh, oh, Chicken Shack yeah, in Waco. And I think it, 20 bucks for you, but you know, it's hard to make money then. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, I, I, I went down there with Sherry and I kind of did that in the truck and, and come back to Nashville. I'm there and I, and Waylon was dodging me in big time. If he see me coming, he'd take off. And I knew it because he, he wasn't going to stay good for his word. He wasn't even going to do what he was going to And I knew it. I just knew it. And I said, well, that's better. I had a lot of words for him. I, I thought he was full of crap, you know, for telling me that. Yeah. Had my hopes up. And I guess somebody waylaid me. I don't know who. It might have been Billy Ray, I think, maybe. But anyhow, um, uh, one night, Waylon's recording there at, at uh, CBS, I guess it was. The place where, uh, where uh, uh, Elvis recorded. But anyway, it was the same one. That's how I knew it was. And uh, and he kept it at midnight. He was a disc jockey. His real name was Roger Scott. And me and him was good friends because we threw dives together. We like to do that. And uh, and he, he said, well, he said, I know you're having trouble getting a hold of Waylon. He's real tight with Waylon. And he, he said, I'll get you into the, the deal, to the recording uh, session. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that was real hard to do because... But he finally, he got me in the back door there. Uh, midnight, let me in the back door. And I got this under by the restroom. And I stood there, and I had my guitar, and I was ready to go home. You know, I was fixing to take, it, take off. And um, anyway, he, he, Waylon found out that I was down there. And he got mad as hell. And he sent, he sent Midnight back down there to me and with a hundred dollar bill folded up in a little bitty, bitty thing, you know, and folded up. Yeah. And he said, give, he told him, so many, I said, give this to Billy Joe 
and tell him to get lost. I don't want to ever see him again. I guess he thought hundred dollar bills were going to get me, but I needed it, but I didn't take it. I said, you, I gave it back to him. I said, you take this back to Wayland, tell him to stick it up his ass and twist it. <laughs> and and, he, and he, 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 when he got word of the boy, he come busting out of that, that control room. And on the sides of the walls was these, these groupies, hangers on, people that didn't really belong there. They, were, they knew Waylon was going to do something. They just know, didn't know when or, or how. And everybody knew Waylon was the next big kill. And uh, anyhow, I had no idea what was going on. These groupies and everything were all lined up, just waiting just to touch the hem of his garment, I guess. And he comes out with these two bikers on each hand, each shoulder, and he comes down just like a like a like a shoot off or something in a big hall. Um, I'm around one end, he's down to the other. And he said, "What do you want, hoss?" And I said, "Well, I'll tell you what I want. I want you to listen to these songs. At least listen to my songs." And if you don't listen to him, I'm going to whip your ass right here in front of God and everybody. And boy, did he get mad. And then Parker started toward me and he stopped him. And he come up, come on down there to me. And I thought I was going to have to hit him because I could knock a man out with one punch. I'd been away about 2.30. And I, I used to box, you know, I, I, I could do it. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he comes up and I figured we was going to have a fight, but he didn't. He just grabbed me by the arm and he said, come on in here. He took me in a room where there's a bunch of uh, tables and stuff, and, and his chairs were upside down on the tables. So it was a room that wasn't being used for something, I don't know what it was. But he said, oh, he said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I ain't never done this for nobody, but I'm going to do it for you. He said, I don't know Willie's one or Gibson and me. He said, I doubt I'll do that now. I said, well, he said you would. He said, I don't know I said I would, but I've changed my mind if I want to. Okay. He said, well. He said, I'm going to let you sing one song. If you sing that one song and I like it, I'll let you sing another. And he said, but if I don't like it, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hit that door. We ain't never going to see each other again. And I said, well, fair enough. So I think the first one I did for him was Ain't No God in Mexico. And he liked it. And then uh, it went to... Uh, Oh, I can't remember exactly what went to, uh, Lowdown, not Lowdown, Freedom went to, uh, cause he didn't even cut Lowdown, but he should have, but, uh, went to, uh, 05 and Dimer's or something. Then he, he said, yeah, 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 he went for that. Well, I finally got to, uh, I had all of the songs that was on that album, while we were written. When I got to, uh, Honky Talk Heroes, he, he stopped me in the middle of it. And he slapped his legs like that. He said, well, I know what I got to do. And he went back in there and ran everybody out and got his own band in there instead of the, the pickers that were in there. Mm -hmm. He got his own band in there with y'all about that bunch of the heavy foot, you know. And he got his own band in there and it never had been done in Nashville. He got his own band in there recording these songs because that's the kind of songs that... Just work, and it just Texas written all over him. And, uh, and he's from Texas, too. Yeah. And it, it helped me. I didn't know that. I just knew it was Waylon. But uh, anyway, he changed everything around and started doing my songs. And all I did was crap all the way through, man. I bitched him right as hell with him about everything, about the 
if he got a word out of line, I'd straighten his ass out. We almost had fights about it. It was a pure rough and tumble thing, and, and it finally worked out, and, and we became fast friends. We became real good friends. And, you know, he even actually offered to buy me a new hand. He said, I, I'll pay for you to have a new hand put on your stop there. That you don't have a hand, you know. My right hand has got some fingers missing. Yeah. And, you know, because of the accident. And anyway, two fingers, three, nearly four. But anyway, he was that kind of guy. And he, he, said, he said, you don't have to do an old five dimers. He said, I, I hate to drive this Cadillac around. I said, well, give it to me. <laughs> you drive a 40, buddy. <laughs> he, he got that blue in mind. He didn't like that very much. And, and when he found out, uh, 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 I can't remember, something else about another song, but I can't remember. But anyway, that's how that happened. Yeah. And uh, I was lucky that he didn't kill me. But uh, also, he stuck his neck out. And he had a hell of a time with Chad Atkins. Chad Atkins just... I appreciate that story, brother. I've heard I've I've heard you tell it a, a, a few times, and it's uh, my grandpa. He uh, he passed away a few years ago, and uh, he used to tell me stories. And even though I heard them a thousand times, I, I always love to hear them again. So, well, brother, you know what? The same has always been. I remember sometimes. I remember a little more. Sometimes I forget a few things, but it's all still the same. It's just nothing made up. It's it's there. I know that uh, I, I know I've read before that uh, oh Chris Christopherson he produced and kind of helped put out your first record. He did. How'd that come he, to happen? He borrowed money, man. Uh, what happened? He was him and uh, uh, I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, Vince Matthews were out swarming one night, and I didn't know he was recording uh, Silver Tongue Devil at the time. And uh, it, 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 and I'm out there bears selling bear. I had an old pickup by then, and I was telling Bear, I said, uh, Bobby Bear, I left the house, and he's trying to talk me out of not leaving, but I said, no, I'm going back, going back to Texas. See, I can't make a living. And uh, he was disappointed with, with, with what I was doing anyway. This was, this was before, before uh, Waylon even, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, everything that followed up in my mind. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was before. And, uh, and Chris and them called Bobby in the middle of the night, about three or four in the morning. And, uh, and they were out swarming. They asked Bobby if they could come by. And sure enough, they came by. They were all hired, hired tight, you know. And, uh, I guess they were. I don't know. I've been. But anyway, I'm 
fixing to leave when they came in. I said, I'm leaving. And Bobby said, sit back down there. And, uh, and Chris said, yeah, man, stay around. I said, no, I gotta go. I'm going back to Texas. And Bobby said, play the song, the song you just wrote. I said, no, I ain't gonna like it. He said, and you know, and then he said, no, you gotta get mad. And he said, play it. So I played Christian Soldier. And, and, and Chris looked at me and he said, I'm gonna do that on my new album. Of course, I thought he was just bullshitting me, trying to make me feel good. Because I already had my truck and all went out. I had my mind made up. I was going back to Waco. And sure enough, I did. I got my truck, went back to Waco. I didn't know what happened. Uh, uh, I didn't know he went in and really, really recorded the damn thing. And Bobby Bear's calling me all over the place, calling me. And he finally got me because I was hard to reach in. And it wasn't no phones where I stayed. Yeah. And, uh, and he got a hold of me. He said, hey, you got to come back. He said, Chris recorded that song. I said, no. He said, yeah, yeah, he recorded it. Well, you forgot to tell me. This is true, too, that he, he, Bobby had took and put good Christian soldier on the front of it and took half of the song. And that's rotten of him to do that, but he did it anyway. And uh, he took half, you know, I had a closer <coughs> thing and it didn't work out. And, uh, anyway, I, I still love Bobby and I forgive him, but, you know, I wish he hadn't done that, but he did. Yeah. And I'm not telling it to make him look bad or nothing. I'm telling the truth. And I need to get it out of my system. You know, it's just it's still bugging me. Yeah. But that's all right. I know I wrote the song, and Chris does too. And uh, it, it's funny we're talking about Chris because he's coming. He's playing here tonight in Waco. Oh, my. At the Hippodrome Theater. That's weird, yeah. But Chris, Chris here, when I came back, he already had his album, hadn't got quite finished. But he took that album, and his folks kind of disowned him because he was supposed to be, he's a Rhodes Scholar, you know. Yeah. And he was supposed to go to West Point and taught English literature. And he didn't go. He went to, he went and got him a job bartending and sweeping rooms and shit here in Nashville. In Nashville, I'm not in Nashville, no sleeping and doing odd jobs in Nashville and writing songs because he had a call to do that. And his folks, his, his, uh, his father was some kind of bird colonel or something. And, uh, and they disowned him. And so he didn't get any money from them. But he couldn't get any money together, but he took that album and somehow or another went over to the Third National Bank and borrowed money to, to produce my album. Mm. Uh, that, uh, Old Father Dimers. And we did it out of the house of cash. And he brought in the, the players in town wouldn't wouldn't play with me. And he, he brought in all these Memphis guys. And they're all now this they're the best players in town in Nashville. But he brought them in from Memphis and they all went went to work on my album. And it was fantastic. You know, I couldn't couldn't sing that good then, but I tried. And uh, he, he did that whole album, and, uh, and we were going about five or six songs into it, and Fred Foster came out. And Fred was one of the guys that wouldn't even listen to one of my songs, but he heard the songs that were already done, and he bought the album back from 
press. And we went on and finished it. I didn't know all that took place. But he had to buy that album because uh, to keep it from coming out. And he signed me on the label. But I couldn't, you know, it wouldn't have been right. And I wouldn't have let it happen either for me to come out with my album same time Chris did because we butt heads, you know. Even though his is much better than mine, it still is. Uh, it, it, we would have butt heads, but but uh, Fred killed mine. And mine never did really get out of it. But uh, uh, went to another recording label, and it shut down in GM. Then I went to another label, uh, Capricorn, and did a couple albums there, and it shut down. And then I went to uh, uh, RCA, and they shut down. Everywhere I went, they shut down. So my albums never did really get out. But I did have albums, and they're coming out now. And I did good on them. Brother, everything. It's just just the way it works, I guess. I just wasn't ready at it, you know, I don't know. That's one thing. I was hard to deal with, though. I was was a little crazy and, and wild as a March hare. I thought it's a drop of a hat, and I dropped the hat, you know. It just, uh, it just one of them things. I wasn't grown up enough to, to, uh, to, to take it, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, there's a, there's a lot of people that didn't want me to have me. And they still don't. But that's all right. It'll happen anyway. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm trying to close the chapter on my life, really, by doing one more. Stronger than garlic. I got Billy Gibbons and, and all them crazy about me. And I love Billy and, and Rich, of course. Rich is my main man. Yeah. And Richard, I'm talking about just that tall dude. He's, yeah. he's a good dude, I man. Great guy. He's really, he really makes me believe in myself. Because it's hard to get up. You know, I've had a lot of things happen to me lately that, that kind of could have, could have could have stopped me from going, but I, I, uh, I have a new, I, I've been born again, Christian, and I have a new down faith in Rich. Uh, I really, Rich will get it done. That's it. Uh, yeah, he will. He'll get it done. Can you, can you, uh, can you tell a story about the first time that you ever met old Johnny Cash? Well, let's see, what the hell was that? I met him. Oh yeah, I met him. Over, uh, uh, we were playing. Uh, me and uh, Freddie Fletcher's uh, was my drummer. He was. Uh, uh, he's uh, Willie's nephew, and he was doing one of those cash girls. And uh, and and she, some reason or another, brought, we played a place called Johnny D's. It was down in a basement. And me and Eddie and, and Rogie Bright and I don't know what that is, but uh, something went wrong. And are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here, brother. Okay. Anyway, we we were playing a place called Johnny D's, and she brought Johnny Cash in, and he met us, and he got a fair play, and he was knocked out about Eddie because Eddie could play real good, and uh, and we became fast friends, and uh, and we went into the studio and did a did a recording of uh, You Just Can't Beat Jesus Christ and me and Johnny Cash did a duet on it and it's on this album that got killed by everybody's brother that was Beyonce's father was bashing me for a while 
but he dropped me before the album even got out good. And uh, that's another deal that happened. Called Everybody's Brothers, great album. But it, it, it had that, a bunch of people on there. Chris did a duet with me, and just a whole bunch of them did duets with me. But Johnny Cash did that one, and it was still there. And he saw it the very, I think it's the last cut on the album. But you ought to listen to it, it's real good. If they ever put it out, it'll be a smash hit. It's just, just for some reason or another, they got out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward but to Nashville. Nashville puts a wall on you. There's a gang of them that stick together. And they, when they try to keep, they try to keep Willie from happening. And Willie just moved down to Texas. Made it happen. Yes, you know, because they didn't want Willie to happen. I don't know why. Well, one thing, Willie is really hawkish. <laughs> he's my best friend but he, <laughs> he, he, he will get in there and get in here okay? uh, you know what I mean like he's yeah. gonna stop he can't out work with it he, he works hard and he's real good too on top of that some, some, something I was wanting to ask you. Uh, uh, I got three boys myself and uh, always my biggest fear is something ever happening to uh, to one of my boys uh after you lost yeah. after you lost Eddie, I mean, was it did was there a time that you did that you thought that you wasn't gonna be able to do the music thing anymore? Well, when I lost Eddie, a lot of people poured out their hearts to me. They were nice, but there's certain ones that always didn't want me to happen, and they just kept me out of Nashville. And I remember Holland Howard was a great friend of mine, but Holland. All, every, every time I run into him, he finally got up to a thousand dollars. He said, "I'll give you a thousand dollars." And you have broke his. I'll give you a thousand dollars to leave town and not come back. <laughs> and I hadn't even done anything. I just run into him, and he heard a few things. <laughs> he didn't want me in town. Competition, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I uh, I don't know what to say about all that. It was it, it just knocked hold in me. For a long time, you know, I'm still whistling by the graveyard, yeah. and uh, I still when I I'm so up all the time. Everybody thinks, well, something's wrong with me. He's always, but I have to. If I don't smile, I cry. You know, I just I just have to have to keep it up all the time. I got tears in my eyes right now thinking about it. But Eddie was so good, and God, he's great. We don't live forever together. That song. The melody he gave me, I carried it around for nearly a year before I could figure out what to put with it. And then I put something with it, and I went in, and he finished it up, and we finished it. We came out with that in 89, and nobody caught on to it. They're just not catching on to that song. It's funny, uh, they got on to me about Eddie playing in my band in Nashville. They said, he's going to ruin your career. Of course, I didn't think I had a career anyway. Uh, he said, he's going to ruin your career. You know, playing like that, with him playing that hard guitar like he does, you know. And uh, and now they're all doing it. Same thing we were doing back then. Yeah. It's weird. You know. Uh, it's not weird, it's just human. It's just human. So, but I guarantee you, I'm getting, I'm getting some of it back. And Rich is going to make sure I get some of it, you know. It's just, there's people right now working on getting back money that people owe me. Well, if anybody deserves to get back what they've been uh, cheated out of, brother, it's you, and I hope everything works out well, good for you. It will. It will. 
I trusted God because I got God because if they're against me, they're against God. If they're against God, they ain't gonna like it. And I, I'm a real, real Christian, and I spend most of my time uh, hanging out with Him yeah. and His presence. And, and you can notice it in my songs. I always have something good to say. I always have something to say. I, I don't do it on purpose. It just leaks in there somehow and yeah. makes the song stronger. And, and thank God for it because it's the only thing going to save everybody. And, and like I say, if you don't love Jesus, go to hell. And, and Jesus Christ is the one who made us all number two. That's right. Well, the... And that, that's good enough way to end it, I guess. Yeah. I tell you, talking about uh, religion and stuff, how long have... Uh... How long has it been since you've been uh, born again? Oh, it's been years. When I when I wrote uh, the first half of uh, Old Chunk of Coal, mm-hmm. that's when I got born again. And I left Nashville. I was I was supposed to be the next thing that happened in Nashville at the time. And uh, and and my wife and my son were there. You know, they got so mad at me. And I and I had all these trophies. They had one rodeo and all, you know. And they were sitting there in the windows and the bath bottom basement of this big old house we lived in. It's an antebellum type, old shiny type uh, plantation looking house. And and we're I'm making them leave. Like I had a long trust. I had a friend of mine driving one and I'm driving one. And, and I'm hauling everything out of there. And we're going by those windows and Brenda said, aren't you going to get your trophies and bell buckles? I said, no, I've laid my trophies down. And sure enough, I did. I laid them down and carried out the battle. Yeah. And whoever took some place later told me he had them. I said, well, it's people. I don't care. Uh, but uh, I, I, I get lost in what I'm talking about because of the Eddie thing. Yeah. When I get to talk about Eddie, I lose it, man. Mm. Well, yeah, what, what a great kid he was. I, I loved him very much. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that with me, uh, Billy. I, like I said, uh, that's I, 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 I got three boys, and I hope I never, I hope they all outlive me. And I, I oh, you better I, hope not, because it is so hard. You, you never get over it. Of course, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to get over something like it. You're not supposed to get over it. You're supposed to try to help people. They need your help, and in that area especially. And uh, you, you, you can't get over it. In my case, I can't. Yeah. And I don't think anybody can get over that because it's not natural for for a kid to go before the parent. Yeah. It's just not. And I, I reach out to everybody that's had it happen to them because they come to my shows and we pray together and stuff backstage. But I'm not out there I'll say this one thing I want to say thank you for Billy from the bottom of my heart you've always been somebody that has uh, you've let it known you know the, your love for Jesus Christ and uh I'm like you, I sin every day, you know. A lot of times I drink a little bit more than I should, and that's something that I've tried to, to work on for a Don't long time. Don't you know everybody does that, man? 
some of them keep it a secret. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. You know, I've but again, I guess on the job and stuff, they worried about it and things like that. But, but man, uh, uh, it's just part of life, you know. Yeah. You live it to the hilt. And guys like us, we got to live it to the hilt. That's there right. ain't no way to, to take your foot off the pedal. That's it. You just can't. That's something the religion, something that uh, the Lord, something I think about every day, and uh, and as time goes well, it's on, it's a spiritual you know. thing, really. It's it's just uh, it's it's in the air. It's, it's spiritual. It's, it's not churchy. It's it's uh, it's a it's doing others that you haven't done. And that's about it. That's all we can do, brother. That's that's if you can do that, you're a good man. That's, I appreciate it. Uh, something I, my grandma, uh, she, my grandma was, she was, she was born in 1930 and she actually got to meet Hank Williams back when oh, she, yeah. she's about, yeah. 19, she's about 19 years old, I guess back in about 49, she got to meet him. Uh, can you, uh-huh. can you remember the first time that you ever got to hear old Hank? Well, I met Hank Williams, I, I actually, Homer Jethro was coming to Fort Scott and I lived with my grandmother. And I don't know how old I was, eight or seven or six. I must, I, I can't remember how old I was. All I remember was I wasn't 12 yet. And, uh, and Almer Jethro was coming to town. They had these little things. I would walk all the way five miles into town. I'd walk into town and, and see these things on, the, on telephone poles say, Almer Jethro coming to town. And what I loved about them, all the kids loved them because they say that I'm not Stepping on my feet, you know, I'm a little barefoot kid. 
they even bootlegged it, you know, just taking that whiskey out of the boot and dollar swallower and stuff like that. And I, I actually shimmied up a pole to get out of that way of that. And I got way up there, level with the with the uh, the, the loading dock there, and where Homer Jessel was playing. And they were, one, I don't know whether it was Homer or Jessel, one that did the talking. He's, he, I think he's the guy that played in mandolin. Anyway, he says, uh, he says, we got a friend here running with us right now. I just floated in. We're going to let him do a number. Uh, uh, y'all ain't never heard of him, but he's going to be a great one. We thank you. All that stuff. And they said, well, Hank Williams. And uh, I didn't think much about it. Nobody else did either because they all started talking and, and not paying any attention and doing their bootlegging and all that shit. And, and here I am. I'm, I'm lucky because I just got there. And, uh, and Hank comes out kind of timid like, but he sang, so I gave my voice sign. But he noticed there wasn't nobody looking at him, but nobody paying attention. And he saw me on the pole, and he just locked eyes with me. He sang a whole song to me. And when he did, I lit up, and, he, and I slid down that pole, and I got out of there. I knew what I had to do, and I walked five miles back on that railroad track. And it's hard because the little rocks that they hurt your feet. If you could ride it and walk the rails, sometimes they were greasy. But I'd have to go by them bridges and there's always hobos there. You'd have to watch it. They'd, they'd cook you. You know, yeah. they put you on a spittle and they eat you. <laughs> and then, anyway, I, it was during the Depression. I was born in 1939. So it was during the Depression, the war and all that. Everybody was uh, broke. And uh, I got home, and I think the reason I really remember all this is because my grandma met me coming in the window and grabbed me. I mean, she beat me half dead. And I got such a whooping. I think that's what made me remember all this stuff. Yeah. Because my grandma, she's like, her ass is like 13 axles at least. And she could sit down on a bunch. I got so many stories I could tell you, drive you crazy. <laughs> she was really something, my grandma was. And she raised me, though. She raised me until I was 12 years old. And that's what it took. And I went to that when I was 16. And uh, just, uh, there it went. Well, Billy, I'll I, I tell you this. Uh, uh, being a bunch of my friends, when we get together, we kind of got us a little, little group, I guess you'd say. We don't get together a whole lot, but when we do... Uh, Everybody kind of knows us as the honky tonk heroes. Uh, brother, of mine, brother, of mine, JJ Waters and Andy Nichols. They, uh, they mean the world to me, and there wouldn't be no honky tonk heroes without you. So, brother, I really appreciate everything you've ever done for us. Oh, thank for, you, for man. I'm an old father, dimer too. That's the other side of the coin. You know, old father, dimer. Oh yeah. And, and it's a good one. And uh, but thank you so much for calling me, man. I, and it means the world to me. I'll tell you this, Billy. I, I sat down last night, and uh, any time that I – I don't do a whole lot of interviews uh, because I like to be able to talk to people that I know a lot about. You know, I have people want me to interview them, but I like to be able to, to ask – you know, I like to be able to maybe do a decent interview for people. But I sat down last night, and uh, I was going through a drawer, and I got a scrap piece of paper to write down some questions. And after I wrote down – after I wrote down kind of some of the stuff that I, I knew I wanted to ask you, on the top of that paper, my 10-year-old here a few weeks back, I guess at school, he was writing a, their little journal entry for the day, 
and it says uh, Thursday, September 17th. Today's going to be a good day. And today's Thursday, October the, the 19th, and by God, this has been one of the best days of my life, brother. I really appreciate it. That's right. No more than we know. That's it. Well, brother, yeah. I appreciate everything. And, uh, Thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. And hold on here, and I'll get your address from you. Okay. Hold on one second. If you don't love Jesus, go to hell Ain't no way to cover up your sin You wolves in sheep's clothing won't get in If you're free as a breeze or locked up in a cell If you don't love Jesus, go to hell If you think that you can kick my ass Better move your foot mighty fast Special, screaming around the bend, waking up memories. 
would go to chasing its tail Yipping and barking, raising all kinds of hell Good God Almighty, Katie bar the door Rattle all the windows, shake the hell out of the floor Sunbeam special, screaming around with me Waking up memories of my childhood again Taking me to places I never have been Sunbeam special Sunflowers bent and swayed all the way back Critters in the tall grass went to running for their life Sunbeam special disappeared in the night Sunbeam special screaming around the field Waking up memories of my childhood again Taking me to places I never have been Sunbeam special Let's do them big trucks home. 
show that I just put together for y'all. I mean, fucking Billy Joe Shaver, I mean, I would have never thought in a million years, you know, that I would have the chance to talk to somebody like that. You know, I've done some pretty cool interviews, and uh, I mean, I've enjoyed every interview I've ever done. But I can tell you, when he was telling that story about seeing Hank Williams when he was a little boy, I just, I zoned out, man. I was just like, it was like an out-of-body type experience, you know. I just was staring at the wall, just listening 
the only thing, the only senses that I had was working was my hearing. And I was just listening, hanging on to every single word that man was saying. I mean, I don't know what to say. I am speechless. But I do want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to Don Duncan. Don knows that I love him to death, and Don, you have really made a dream of mine come true. Brother, I love you to death. Thank you. And thank you to Richie Mullins for... Man, it just, I, I, can't, I can't put into words, man, just how, how great the today has been. The experience that I got to experience myself. I wish everybody could have been in my living room. I had my damn cell phone sitting on top of an old popcorn tin with my microphone kind of pointed down at it. You know, I I pour my heart and soul into this old soul radio show, but I'm not the best when it comes to being a pro at doing stuff like that. You know, I've done it the best that I could, and I hope that it's something that you can enjoy. Billy Joe Shaver, just, brother, thank you so much. And uh, I promise you, I'm going to send a bunch of shit your way. It means the world to me that you took the time to talk to me. And I just wish nothing but the absolute best in the world for you, brother. If anybody in this world deserves it, it's you. But I, I sure hope you all enjoyed this. No, I, I, I can't put into words. I, I'm i going to be on a on a cloud high above this old barn and grill for a long time. Trying to come down from this one. It really was special. But hell, uh... Well, J.J. Waters and Andy Nichols, did you ever think that somebody would be telling old Billy Joe Shaver about uh, about what y'all started? That meant a lot to me to be able to tell him about that. And hell, you boys mean a lot to me. I love y'all to death. Like always, y'all take it easy and you, you have your good one. And hell, I got plenty of live shows lined up for you here soon. I guess old brother Zach McGlone is on deck and I'm looking forward to y'all getting to hear it. But y'all take it easy and have you a good one, and we'll see you soon here on the Old Soul Radio Show. Oh. Green giggles, yeah, hawking them tables, and generally.
blowing on my hard-earned pay Pioneer old blues Things toes in my boots There weren't another other way to be Oh, lovable loser No account boozers And honky-tonk heroes like me Time sure does fly by when you're having fun. So what you mean we've been here about as long as we're welcome? Yeah, I reckon it's about time to get our satchels and go, Hank. That's right. Friends, we'll see you again in the morning. Until then, this is Hank Williams saying best of luck and health to you. Thanks for listening. If the good Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise, we'll see you in the morning. Lola, put the coffee pot on, put the biscuits in the oven. I'll be there right away, if not sooner than that. <laughs> 